Another day at the coffee shop. I grab some coffee beans, time to heat them coffee pots. Turn the lights on, Jays rush the parking lot. This the neighborhood's number one stopping shop. Good morning, Coffee Bean fans. How you guys doing, man? Welcome to Coffee Bean. Live from the coffee shop. Share host Mars. Share host Mars, a.k.a. Classic. You already know what it is. How's everybody doing out there, man? We got some great news on the table today, man. Guess who's getting a motherfucking show? Guess who's getting the show? Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner will be starring in her spinoff series that just got greenlit by E! Channel. Um, apparently, they just ordered eight half-hour episodes of Life of Kylie, um, which is going to be the latest spinoff of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians franchise um, that will come out later this summer. Um, uh, apparently, they're going to go into her life. It's going to navigate her as an entrepreneur, uh, fashion designer, author, social media star, and CEO and founder of Kylie Cosmetics. Um, the show will also document her personal life, um, spending time with her close friend, Jordan Woods, and, um, and I guess with her boyfriend, Tyga. So... Um, you know, Tiger, don't, 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 don't do no fuckery on this show. You know, your show didn't last because of the fuckery that went on in your show. So um, try not to have, you know, um, people running up to you with um, child support papers and things like that, um, and uh, making her show get canceled. Okay, um, so we, we're gonna we're gonna roll with that, man. I, I think that's a great um, development for her, man, and um, great situation. Um, Jeff Odo uh, will be executive vice president of programming at E. He said some quoted that Kylie has achieved so much at such of a young age. And we need to know that. And our audience is thrilled and ready to share the inside look of her everyday life, which may be great. It may be great. It's a Brian McMurray production, of course. Um, it's coming from Ryan Seacrest, Ryan Seacrest Productions. He serves also as executive producer of it, along with Gil Goldstein and Jeff Jenkins. Uh, I don't like that guy. Um, and and Fraz and um, Andrea Mintz serves as executive producer of Brian Murray. So um, shouts out to Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner and um, all the folks over there um, at the Jenner and Kardashian house. Congratulations to you guys. Next, next up on the news, Ryder Gill. Ryder Gill is still going through some shit, man. You know these guys are, you know they're 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 taking all the punches, man. You know they're they're standing up for the writers and they're saying, you know what, you guys, I, I'm not gonna let the fucking 
A-M-P-T-P fucking strong arm us, okay? No longer. You guys have made so much money, man, this year, and not giving it to the writers is ridiculous. I can't believe it. Shouts out to Writer Guild of America for standing up, standing up for the writers, the producers, the heart of the show, the people that makes these shows, the people that make them great. You can't pay these people. It's out of my mind, man. Shouts out to the Writers Guild of America, man. And um, uh, up next, we on one. Let's go. It's just another day at the coffee shop. I grab them coffee beans, time to heat them coffee pots. Turn the lights on, Jays rush the parking lot. This the neighborhood's number one stopping shop. Go. question uh, <laughs> does that look like wild parsley to you you mean the marijuana <laughs> hey look here baby it's just about ready to be harvested too yeah well just stay away from it Rollo hey man don't worry it's enough for everybody Rollo just stay away from me now I'm not getting the house <laughs> no, why did your man plant that anyway he didn't Rollo it just sprung up all by itself oh it just sprung some way to get rid of that stuff. Hey, don't worry, baby. I'll do it. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know. I, I'll burn it. That's exactly what I had in there. <laughs> we can't burn it, man. If we burn it, then somebody will smell it. I know. We'll turn it into the police. Oh, you can't turn it into the police, fool. What's wrong with you? Come on, we got to think this out intelligently. Come on, sit down here. I got an idea. I know it'll work. Understand? Look here. Now... We know we can't burn it. No, we can't burn it, man. Yeah. And we can't wrap it up in a bundle with paper because it would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, somebody would find it. Somebody would find it. So here's what I'll do. Yeah? Instead of wrapping it up in a huge piece of paper, yeah. throwing it out, I'll just get some little pieces of paper off this side. Take the marijuana little by little and wrap it up in that, those little pieces of paper, and I'll get rid of it all one by one. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24 7. 24 7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. With us right now, Alunga Dell. Tell him, tell him a little bit about yourself, Alunga. I've been a television writer most of my adult life. I started in the theater in Boston, Massachusetts, 1969. As an actor, did my first play at the Theater Company of Boston, which um, well-established theater in Boston. They had, you know, many, many. Famous great actors have performed there, including Dustin Hoffman, 
Jim Spoo, Gustav Johnson, Novella Nelson, Al Pacino, mm-hmm. and that's why I got my start in the theater. Them sound like some real great names, man. Like, um, how was it working with them um, big names like that? <laughs> well, I didn't actually work with Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino. I worked with uh, uh, the other ones I, I mentioned. Uh, Novella Nelson, Jim Spoo, Gustav Johnson. I worked with them. When I started in the theater, I was like a any idea where it was going to lead me and very little idea about what I was doing. I just knew I had a hint for it. And the actors, uh, the first production I was in was four one-act plays by a great playwright named Ed Bullen. And the the other actors in the play encouraged me. They said I had some talent to keep acting, so I did. The fall, I went to New York. But right before I went to New York, I was understudying Clifton Davis. And Clifton, you know, he had his own TV show. He had uh, That's My Mama earlier. And then later, uh, what was the show he was on with uh, Chairman Hemsworth? Uh, Amen. Uh, but I was understudying Clifton Davis in a play in in Baltimore. And while I was there, I went up to New York and auditioned for a play and actually got a part in the play in New York and went to do that. And the play was called Five on the Black Hand Side, which was later made into a movie. Very few of the uh, actors in, who were in the original production were in the movie. Glenn Terman, wonderful actor, actually uh, did, did the role that I originated. And I'm in New York and I'm an actor. And you know, a lot of the plays you audition for are not that good. At least I didn't think they were that good. And every now and then I would make that comment and I would say something like, oh, I could write better than that. And they, people got tired of me saying it. They said, okay, well, write something. Else. You can write better than that. So I started writing plays. And writing plays in New York attracted the attention of the producer of Stanford. So he reached out to me and I had an opportunity to write a couple of scripts. They liked them. I was given an opportunity to write uh, some more scripts and that was actually I started writing for television. Sanford and Son was my first television. Wow. But it was me being in the theater that led to that. You know, it was an opportunity that was presented to me, and I tried to make the most of it. So, so coming from theater and um, going to TV, how was that transition for you? On a lot of different levels, there was, there was, there was many transitions. Number one, there was more money in television. Now I'm 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 doing a play at, at at the public theater in New York. I, I have a pull as an actor. I'm actually acting in two plays at the public. Wow. But making a transition, yeah, making a transition from theater to television. Number one is a lot more money. I was I was I was acting in a play, directed a play, or written a play. I was acting in two plays, and I was making. It was 1972. I was making. $150 a week. And I was happy as heck to be making $150 a week in 1972 in the theater doing something that I love. But when I came to California to talk to the producers of Sanford and Son about writing some scripts for them, I had a two-script guarantee before I even got on the plane. My agent, my agent had negotiated that I would get paid for two scripts whether they even used the scripts or not. They had to pay me. Also, I was in Los Angeles for a week. I had $100 a day per diem, a rental car, which they gave me, and they put me in a hotel room uh, at the Universal Sheridan. So, you know, in terms of the money, like, you're going to pay me your money to write these little short scripts? 
okay, fine. That was a double. Financially, it was definitely a step up. And we're talking, we're talking, you know, all this, you know, Sheraton, you per diem, you know, uh, flight arrangements, you know, this was all in the 70s. First class. Yeah, 1972. Wow. 1972. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I really think of myself, I don't even think of myself as a writer at this point. I think of myself as an actor who writes. I wasn't impressed with television. I kind of looked down my nose at it. Like, I'm in the theater. Television is, is, is really a lesser art form. It's beneath me. The thing that intrigued me about this opportunity more than anything else was the chance to do something with Red Fox, who was like, you know, a legend. He was a legendary uh, comedian. Now, 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 how was it? Speaking of Red Fox, how was it working with that guy? I know that guy is funny as hell, man, but how was it actually working with that guy? Easy peasy. Red Fox was very down to earth, very approachable. Don't get me wrong, he was a star. He knew he was a star, but there was, he didn't put up a wall between you and him. You could talk to him, you could approach him. Uh, he was friendly. He was not aloof. He was not standoffish. And you're right, he was funny as hell. Without trying. He wasn't the kind of guy that, you know, that was on, always telling cracking jokes. He was just naturally funny. It's like he had a funny computer in his head that stuff would just come out funny. He was. Red Fox was also very intelligent. I don't think you can be a good actor. And he was a, he was a, he was a great comedic actor and be dumb. He was not dumb. I think Red Fox would have been a, 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 a very good dramatic actor, too. I really do. Right. But if you spoke, Red Fox left home when he was 13, and that was the end of his formal education in terms of him going to school. But if you talked to him, you might have thought he was college educated. He was not a them, those, and these guy. He's very articulate, down to earth when he spoke. But, you know, his intelligence was obvious. That's, that's that's great. It really amazes me, man, that a guy on that caliber and, and that level of celebrity, you know, will be so humble and, and so so much of a pleasure to work with. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But like I say, uh, he was not, I would not describe him as egotistical, but I would say that he was aware that he was a star. He thought well of himself. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't stuck up at a roof about it he really was unfortunately i heard some things about him uh where he about his passing on the set where was you at when that day happened uh i was in los angeles i was at home i had actually seen uh red fox the week before that because i think that that show he was working on then i think it was called the royal family and he and what's the lady's name female co-star. I can't think of it. She was, she was in Harlem Nights with him. Uh, starts with a D. Della Reese? Della Reese. I almost said she, I almost mentioned that she was a championship of mama. That would have helped me. She was. Right. Uh, but that would have helped me remember. Anyway, I was at home, but I had seen him the week before because I went over there to talk to him because I was trying to either get a job on that show as a staff writer or at least get a script assignment. And I went to his dressing room talking with him. And while I was in there, uh, somebody came in, you know, with one of those big aluminum catering trays full of food. And I thought they were like 
chicken necks. And I'm like, thinking to myself, why the heck is he eating chicken neck? Out of all the parts on a chicken, why are you just eating a big tray of chicken necks? They weren't chicken necks, Marche. They were pigtails. Wow. And he's eating them, fucking the meat all of the bones. And I'm like, damn. I mean, I'll eat, I'll eat pork, but I don't know if I want to eat a pigtail. Who, who the heck knows where this crazy came from? So, anyway, a little bit wrong. Get you some, get you some. I, I, I will, I will, box, I will. I, but I did. So, the next week, he has the heart attack on the set. Now, I'm sure that his eating habits, his drinking habits, his drug habits contribute, all of that contributes to that heart attack. He did not live the healthiest lifestyle. He did not. His mother was still alive when he died. I think if he had, he, I, and we you know Red Fox looked like, you know, like a little, little football player kind of. You know, he was, you know, strongly built. He wasn't that tall, but you know, he was, he, you know, strongly built. I and mean, I, I think he had the, the, the constitution to have lived longer if he had, you know, taken better care of his health. That's deep, man. That's deep, man. Uh, well, 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 we send our prayers out to Red Fox and and his family, man. You know, we he's definitely a legend, definitely a legend, man. And we we um, yeah, definitely pay our right, and rightly so. I remember talking to Aaron Rubin, who was he was a producer of Tampa and Tom. He said that when the show was in development, when the script was in development, he normally there and Bud York and normally there and Bud York would be separate of the show and, and Aaron Rubin was a producer. They went to Las Vegas to do a talent scout and they went to see three stand-up comics who were performing in Las Vegas and they were going to see if they thought any one of them could do the role of uh, Fred Sanford and Sanford. And Aaron Rubin told me by far Red Fox was the one of the three comedians they went to see. And he was the only black comedian that they, they went to see for that role. So if Red Fox had not impressed him, Samson himself would not have been a black show. Wow. So listen, listen, a little bit, man. So what, what, what do you got going on now, man? What, what's, what's up with you now? A couple of things, man. I'm very excited about the prospect of making this short movie. I went to a film festival in, in late January that was host that was hosted by an organization called B-H-E-R-C and they actually uh, the film festival was for short movies, short films and I think a short has to be like under an hour I might have it wrong, it might, may even have to be shorter than that, most of the movies I saw at the film festival at that film festival were probably in the 15 minute range if one was like 20 minutes, 21 minutes, it would have been one of the longer. Anyway, while I was there, I, t- I was talking to Sandra Evers' family and, uh, who, who runs BATRC and her right-hand man, John Ford, and they were talking to me about if I was interested in doing a short movie. And I said, heck yeah. And I submitted an idea to them, and they liked it. And I just recently turned in the, the script and my good friend, Jim Tripp, who is a well-known line producer who's in Atlanta right now, uh, just completed a budget for me, and I submitted the script and the budget to them. So I'm waiting to hear back. And they also said I could direct it. And once we get to go ahead, the, the idea, the plan is to shoot it in Atlanta. And my goal is to use that short to raise interest and money for the teacher. So 
working with my partner, Jerome Benton, and you'll know the general, the name Jerome Benton because he performed with a group called The Time. And he, Jerome was in movies like Purple Rain, Under, Under the Cherry Moon, almost in Under the Purple Moon, uh, Graffiti Bitch, he's done a bunch of television shows also. Now, when the original Time performed now, and under the name of the original Seven, uh, Jerome uh, performed Time then. And his brother, Terry Williams, and his brother's partner, Jimmy Jam, also performed in the original set. But anyway, Jerome and I uh, have written a play that Terry and Jimmy did the music for, and we're in the process of getting that up into production also. Well, man. There's stuff going on. Yeah, it sounds like you got a lot going on, man, a longer man, so i like to thank you, man. And I'm a grandfather, and I just, and, and you one of the few people that calls me Wilma now. Everybody else calls me Papa. <laughs> well, all right, Paw Paw Lunga, man. I'd like to um, thank you, man, for coming on Coffee Bean, man. We live at the coffee shop. And uh, thank you, man. I appreciate your time, man. And I appreciate you uh, wanting to talk to me. And I'm really excited about, from what I know about Coffee Bean, I'm really looking forward to checking it out, man. Um, and I am going to spread the word. And you know I got six daughters. Right. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. And um, yeah, man, we just gonna give a shout out, man, and the bags up, man, to the fans out there. You know, we spilling beans, man, all the time on coffee beans. Thank you, man, Lunga, man. I appreciate it. All right, my brother. Have a good one. You too.